Hey everybody, before we kick off today's episode, Antonio T. Smith Jr. here, and I just want to tell all of you that if you're an avid learner of self-growth, if you want to change the quality of your life, I'm on my major events, WonderCon 2024, it's almost here. The dates are March 17th through March 22nd, that is 2024, and you can go to the website inside the show links to get to all the information there. It's in Houston, Texas. There's also a bunch of opportunity for online tickets as well. So you can watch the event live. Plus, you get the opportunity to keep the video for life as well. With an array of expert speakers, including myself, interactive workshops and a plethora of experiences, it promises to be a transformational event that you've never seen before. Please know in person, there are limited spaces available and get all the details to secure a spot on the show notes. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better, you can dominate. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to tonight's Integrity Leadership Call. Glad to have everyone on this evening. If you are in a position to do so, please turn on your camera so that we can see your lovely, shining, smiling faces. And if at any point in time you have a question, if your camera is on, simply raise your hand or wave your hand. We'll acknowledge it that way. If your camera is not on, not to worry. You can click on participants. From there, you'll see a small blue hand that says raise hand. Click on that. We'll acknowledge it that way. And you're always welcome to type your questions and thoughts in the chat. Now, let me get out the way of greatness and present these two, the, the dynamic duo to you for the Integrity Leadership Call. This young lady is the COO of the ATSJR Companies as well as the CEO of DeMarie. And this gentleman is the CEO of KSBM. Come see about me, okay? He has a book coming out, y'all, real soon. Real soon, Look, be looking for that. Don't judge a book by its cover. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Miss Deanna Mitchell and Mr. Reginald Hall. Woo! <laughs> All right. Let's get it started. Hello, Reverend Reginald. How are you doing this evening? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. All right. So we have been in that, I ain't nothing in that cup. Coffee. All right. You talk about what's in my cup. Air. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I got coffee in my cup. We have been drinking. I mean, sorry, we have been drinking. We have been reading conversations <laughs> and tonight. We are on chapters seven, eight, and nine. So who else here has been reading conversations with God? And so far, what have you in chapters seven through nine, what have what has stood out to you? All right. So, Reverend Reginald, if you don't mind, I have a, a small passage that I would like to bring up because I know you have something that you wanted to talk about in depth as well. Yeah, that's later on. That's later on. Oh, okay. That's okay. later on. Gotcha. Yeah, that's later on. That's after they wake up. Oh, okay. When they wake up, then I, that's when I'm going to 
I'm gonna slap him with it. Okay, gotcha. But right now we got we we gonna wake him up. Hey, you, you got to give him some coffee. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm. So the part that there's a part that there's a couple parts that stood out in chapter seven. So that's so I'm gonna start. Page one hundred and seventeen. He starts it off with, "I know, intellectually, that no job is too big for God, but emotionally, I guess I can't be sure." Not whether you can handle it, but whether you will. God's response, I see. So it's a matter of faith. Donald, yes. Neil, I'm sorry. Call him by his middle name. Neil, yes. God, you don't question my ability. You merely doubt my desire. So I want to entitle tonight's <laughs> do you believe 117 so i want to title tonight's uh, sermon topic with do you believe god's will is yours no i'm just but uh, but seriously though like when when i read that i was like wait <laughs> so what i got from this is intellectually we believe that god can do any and everything we know he can handle it but because we always say father if it's in your will i believe we don't believe intellectually we understand that god can do any and everything above all things he is all powerful omnipotent omnipresent But we don't believe that what we want, he want for us. So we don't have the faith and understanding that God's desire is our desire. So we think he, we know he can handle it. We just don't know if he will do it for us. That's what I got out of this. And when, when I read that, I was like, that's why. That is why we pray and don't receive what we ask for. That's what we ask and we believe, but we don't receive because in all honesty, we don't believe. In our belief, we believe that God can do anything and all things. We just limited our belief when it comes to anything and all things when it comes to us personally. So I would like to open up the doors. to anyone who would like to comment on that. And I'll read it again. We, we are in conversations with God and I'm reading from, from uh, page, chapter seven, page 117, where in the conversation, Neil says, I know intellectually that no job is too big for God, but emotionally, I guess I can't be sure. Not whether you can handle it, but whether you will. God's response, I see. So it's a matter of faith. Neil, yes. God, you don't question my ability. You merely doubt my desire. So I'm going to open this up for everyone because there's just so much in this wonderful book. So I'm going to open this up to everyone on your thoughts on what that particular section was saying. The floor is open. Please. All right, this story. There's a few things I got from that. Um, I think the first thing is that um, when it comes to our desires, we always look at our own desires 
And we think we basically, even though intellectually and we hear it all the time that God is all and everything, we still relate to him like he's still human because that's all we know how to relate. So, um, you know, once we, and the thing is, is that it's very difficult for us to even believe that we are creators just like him. And it's a lot easier because it's just like once once we realize that we're creators, then we kind of, now we have to actually be responsible for ourselves, for our life, for our own desires, everything else like that. It's a lot easier to say we're going to put that on God and separate ourselves from God because it's now it's like we can put that blame on someone else when things don't really work out or we don't get our desires. So um, what I really got from that, hold on, what I really got from listening to that and while reading what I read was um, we are not separate from God. Even though we think we are, people, people tell us we are, are. we're not separate from God we are God so any desire that God has and that we have so does God and so that's what I really got from that so far all right thank you very much for sharing with us Corey I got that too we are not separate from God we are we we are God because what God did was he's he's never ending never ceasing he's he wanted to experience and because he knows all he can't experience so what he did was each and every one of us he separated himself and each and every one of us this is and this is my understanding of it everybody's understanding is different from what was read each and every one of us is a different God experience so that he can experience. So I, I agree with you, Corey, when you say we are not, we, we are not disconnected from God, we are of God. And because of the end, there's just so much. But thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Corey, for sharing with us. Oh, Mr. Antonio, what is glasses on? Look at that, I didn't see those in a while. All right. Uh, so who else would like to comment on that particular passage or anything else in the book itself that caught your attention? The floor is open. And for those, uh, for those of you just joining us, I'll read it one more time. We are in chapter seven, page 117. And the passage that I read was, I know intellectually that no job, this is Neil. I know intellectually that no job is too big for God, but emotionally, I guess I can't be sure. Not whether you can handle it, but whether you will. God, I see. So it's a matter of faith. Neil, yes. God, you don't question my ability. You merely doubt my desire. So I would like to open it up to everyone. And Antonio said, comment, he wants to hear what we think. So I want to open it up to everyone, please. Oh, unmute, speak what's on your mind. Again, this is the Integrity Leadership class. This is also a safe place. This is a place for us to grow and learn as, as a family, as one. So there's nothing that you can say that's wrong. There's nothing that you can say that we'll be like, oh my goodness. 
No, this is an open place for everyone. So please, um, and Grace, I saw you raise your hand earlier. Go ahead, floor is open. Yeah, okay, I totally agree with <laughs> what God said to Neil, because like you all were saying earlier, no, none of us question whether God can, but we always question whether he will. The thing is, God wants what we want. But the thing is, if you, whatever it is that you desire, but you think, oh, well, people like me don't, 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 get, don't get those things. Well, you know what God just said? Yes, people like you don't get those things. If you say, oh, I, you know what? I want this house. I want this five bedroom house with this many bathrooms, this many bedrooms. I want a game room, I want a TV room, I want a pool, I want a little Man, but that, that house note gonna be, you know what God said? Yes, that house note gonna be, and you don't get it. So <laughs> it's the whole, you don't question my ability, you merely doubt my desire. So when your desire fades, so does God's desire fade. It, it, his, his desire fades too, you know? Uh, I've learned through uh, Antonio that God never, we are, okay, we always say God either says yes, no, or wait. Mm, mm -mm. God always says yes. It just depends on what you say. Okay. So if, if I want $10,000 and I say, man, I, and I, in the back of my head, I'm like, girl, you know, you're not going to get that. God, you know what God says? Yes. Girl, you know, you're not going to get that. Okay, because in, in the, the, I believe it was the first chapter, God was telling Neil, hey, it's not about what you say, it's about what you feel. And that's correct. And we always, in these groups, we always talk about vibrations and the law of attraction. Yes, that stuff is real. So if I, if I say with my mouth, I'm getting $10,000, but I don't feel I'm getting $10,000, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening, you know? So, yes. God can and God will if you know that he will. And if you feel and you vibrate at God will get this, God will give this to me, give me my desires. I wanted that iPad and I felt every time I looked at that iPad, I'm going to get that iPad. I had the vibration. The same facial expression I had, that's what I felt. I'm going to get that iPad. That's, that's what I felt. And I got it. So, and I got it for free. Because I kept saying, I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I'm going to get it, though. And I got it. So the same thing can go for, man, I want this five-bedroom house. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I know I'm going to get it. God's going to bless me with this house. And you keep, you stay in that vibration of, I'm going to get blessed with this house. God is like, yes, I'm going to bless you with this house. Here you go. He's always, God, I want this. Okay, here you go. Man, but I don't know. Oh, well, never mind. He can. But... If you doubt his desire, you're doubting your own desire. So thank you for letting me share. Well, thank you for sharing. All right, who else? Um, one other thing I wanted to add that just came to me is um, it's almost like the, I think about the, the whole idea of the desire. I'm also thinking about like their relationship to your word and saying what you say what, and doing, saying and doing what you say we, you would do. And whenever you break your word, you're also breaking your relationship with your dreams. 
So it's like the more that you break your word over and over and over, that means that your word doesn't matter, which also in turn almost has you believe that God's word doesn't matter. So to me, it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm grappling with that, that conversation of how important it is to follow through with what I say I would do practically and um, being able to on a practical level. And whenever I don't, especially when I could and I don't, it more just says, well, it, it, it basically chips away at my own desires of what I want. And, you know, if I actually want it, because the more I don't do what I, I follow through, I don't do what I'm supposed to do, the more the desire for it decreases. And then, of course, because I am connected to God, the desire for God decreases. So... That's right. I'm sorry, I just had to sit quiet for a second because he said quite a bit right there. <laughs> no. Wow, I'm loving this. We got some good conversation going on tonight. Oh, were you about to unmute, Mr. Mr. Smith? I saw you lean forward. Ah. Okay. All right. Who who else? Who else would like to open up and talk about what they read in chapter seven eighty nine and comment on um, the current passage that we're talking about? And Antonio posted, "God wants to be alive, so He will not let you sleep." Hmm. Hmm. Gonna take a sip on that. <laughs> so Grace said, "He, she needs me to expound on that one because Mr. Antonio T. Smith Jr., the Holy, aka Holy Spirit, will not expound on that one." So let me see how I can properly expound on this. God wants to be alive. God, and this can go in, in two different directions, but I'm going to take it in the direction that I think and believe Antonio is referring to. God wants to be alive. Ah, okay. So I was, I was going in the right direction. Thank you, Mr. Smith. He said, so he will not let you sleep. So he will hurt you until you live your dreams. We are individual God experiences. If there is something deep down in us that we are meant to desire, the experience that he wanted to experience when he came, when he came into this earthly plane as us, the dreams that we have, the things that burn deep down inside of us, until he lives that experience, He's not going to let us be comfortable. So he will not let you sleep. He will not let you be comfortable in your misery because that's not the experience that he desired when he came as you. When we realize that we are all experiences of God because we are God and we live our dreams, we will live a life 
of peace, a life of joy, a life of happiness. Like we've read in previous books, ups and downs happen, but when you only focus on the end goal, that other stuff doesn't matter. It only proves to build what you're already going towards. And Tony always tells love, law of opposites once you make a decision to do something the opposite has to come when you make a direction to go right left is automatically created when you make a uh, make a decision to go up down is automatically created so the opposite is always going to be there but your sole purpose on this planet is to experience life and when you are not experiencing what is burning deep inside of you we are not experiencing the dreams the things that you are supposed to be you will not be comfortable god wants to be alive he wants to experience why would he want you dead in your dreams if he wants to experience life so antonio if if i properly broke that down if you can give us okay there we go all right So who else <laughs> would like to who else would like to comment? Oh, I didn't want to. I was just going. Oh, come on, Reverend. I was just going to sit down. I had to get up. I had to stand up. First and foremost, you had to go back a couple of pages. If you would have went back a couple of pages, because y'all was on fire, if you would have went back to one fifty. But before I even get, before I even get to the highlighted points, before I even got to the stuff to let everybody know that I read the book, let everybody know I read and I highlighted. First thing first, I've seen a lot of pop-ups on the screen. You know, God won't let you sleep. He gonna beat you up. How about you take the word God out? I'm supposed to do some real live talking right now. You know, what I'm you know what? I ain't even. I guess what? Let me tell y'all a little secret. I ain't even talking to y'all. Just let me talk to myself and better myself. And if anybody wants some, you just put your finger in it. You take God out, cause what I'm supposed to say is exactly what I'm supposed to read later on. Anyway, you take God out. Leave God out of this. Leave God out of this. Leave God right where he been at the whole time before he created everything. Y'all ain't shouting. You keep him exactly where he been at. Nobody can, can y'all hear me? Can, yes, can sir. Hear we me? can Go. hear you. We can hear you. Go ahead. Can you hear us? Can can y'all hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Oh, okay. No, because I, I seen my screen, I seen people moving slow. Thought I was in the matrix. I thought you were doing a little move. It looked like you were doing a little move for a minute. That's why I stopped talking, because I ain't going to just be talking to myself. Now, you mean like this? Yeah, that's that's what it looked like on my screen. That's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> I ain't got no graphics or no effects on there now. So I got a little worried, you know, because, you know, when you say something good and ain't nobody hit you, oh, so we didn't hit you. Okay, so you leave God right where he was at in the beginning when he created everything and everything else. You just leave him where he's at. And uh, Grace says something too, you know, kind of matched along with it. Okay, so if you got to believe and if you got to have faith and if you have that thought in your head like, I'm going to get $10,000 in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to get this $10,000. Um, who are you really having a conversation with? 
Think about it. Because last week, hold on, hold up. Last week, last week, D, last week you said you was in the car talking to yourself. If I'm not yes. mistaken, you said you was in the car talking to yourself, yes. right? Yes, I was. Okay, and you had told yourself, you just shut up. You know, you, you checked I yourself, sure did. right? I yes. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so you tell God what you want. Okay, if you believe in what you told God what you want. Uh, yeah, I said it just like that. Mm. I sure did. If you believe that you told God what you want and you believed it and you took the steps forward, it's going to go back to what I'm supposed to say on page 114, one paragraph. Yeah. It says, your job, oh, Lord, I'm going to let you get that saved. When the church, when the church get that saved, man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when the church get that saved, man, you know, the pastor don't even give you enough time. All right, it says, your job is to render them independent to teach them as quickly and completely as possible how to get along with you. For you are no blessing to them so long as they need you to survive. But bless them truly only in the moment they realize you are unnecessary. In the same sense, God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. I don't know why I find, when I read this, I find, see, Hmm. You could have told me this 10 years ago. You, you could have told me this 20 years ago. But no, I had somebody that, uh, that me and him the same age right now. And he told me that I had chose, I had went up and told God, you know what, God, I want the hardest way possible. And that's, that's what I want. That's what he told me I picked. I want the hardest way possible. And, uh, I, you know, I probably agree with him, you know, but it, it said God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. So if you need no God, don't, don't take it out of context. You need no God. And you tell yourself, I believe I'm going to make this mountain move. Oh. And you told God that you're going to make this mountain move. You told yourself that you're going to make that mountain move and you made that mountain move. God do nothing. God ain't had nothing to do with it. He, he did not have anything to do with it. So if you want to tell yourself anything, you tell yourself what you're going to do, not what you're trying to do, what you can't do, what you think you cannot do, because I told myself that I wasn't going to jail. <laughs> y'all ain't hearing me, man. Y'all are not hearing me. I told myself I was not going to jail. Let me tell y'all, I told myself I was not going to jail. I know when they're going to drug test me, and there's no way they're going to beat me on how to figure out when I'm going to let this drug get out of my system. This drug takes X amount of time to get out of my system. Ain't no way they're going to catch me. And I still went to jail after I told myself I wasn't going to jail. And then he just mentioned, he said, God will beat you up until you get to the point to where you're supposed to be. Not what God wants you to be. I know, man. It's not what God wants you to be. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever you was destined to be. And whatever you was destined to be is going to beat you half to death until you do it. It's going to beat you half to death. Do you got to lose teeth? Do you got to lose half? Do you got to lose loved ones that was telling you you need to keep on with your dream because that dream you got is a good dream and I don't know why you won't take no further action to it. You don't need no guard. 
Because some of you talk to them, some of, some of you have conversations with them. Some of y'all have come, well, you know what, I ain't even talking to us. We have conversations with God, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm, put, I'm putting myself, this is how you got to stand too. I hope y'all can't see my feet, but it's a national stand. Some of you tell God, hey, look, God, man, I ain't, can't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't. You're telling them, you're telling yourself you ain't got it. You're telling yourself you can't do it. He said you can do all things with Christ who's standing. You can do all things. Well, if you can do all things, if you can do all things, and you know you can do all things, you just got to do it. Well, it's easier than said than done. Well, you know what? Let too much of this happen and let too much of that happen and let too much of this happen. Or let somebody close to you get what you're supposed to have. Oh, man. Let the person next to you that you really talked about behind their back get what you're supposed to have because you didn't. That's in the Bible, though. I ain't playing with y'all, man. That's in the Bible. That's what really going to tick you off. That person that's in the same little lane with you, you know what I'm saying? You got your peripheral on them. You kind of looking at them on the cool. You know what I'm saying? You watching their every move. You just hoping that you can stay one up on them all the time. And that's why you ain't never going to go nowhere because you, anyway, that's another, that's another lesson at hand. But let that person get it before you do. Then I bet you'll get up and get on your high horse and I bet you go get it and, and go get it done, period. The, the book said it right here, man. It say, God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. Yet your teachers have told you of an angry God, a jealous God, a God who needs to be needed, and that is not a God at all, but a neurotic substitute for that which will be a deity. A true master is not the one with the most students, but one who creates the most masters. A true leader is not the one with the most followers, but one who creates the most leaders. A true king is not the one with the most subjects, but one who leads the most to royalty. So you mean to tell me that person that they speaking of, is that person, is that person trying to pick the cup up or are they picking up the cup? And if they're picking up the cup and then you're the follower that's trying to pick up the cup and you finally picked up the cup, the person that's, see, it's a chain, it's a chain reaction. It's like a bicycle chain. Then the next thing you know, you begin to pick up the cup because all you needed was a boost, right? You need a little boost. You need a little hoorah. You need a little spank. You know, when, when you was born, they got to spank you. Hey, hey, get 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 in there. You get in the game. You gotta get everybody need to get look, man. Hey, all I've been seeing is somebody needed a little get me in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody needs that little charge, get me in the game. You know what I'm saying? When you you get that ball rolling, man, like my daddy used to say, man, put the ball in your court and keep it in your court. And it kind of gonna go back to where I began it because it was something in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on a, you gotta go back to the beginning. Actually, it's on page 112. And, hey, when I read this, I thought my dad was talking to me, y'all. I'm not playing. I thought my dad was actually talking to me through this. And this book called Conversations with God. So I understand the, the relation uh, in this. But this is something my dad told me before he passed away. It, it said, the truth is, I like to do more than just survive. Now, before I read anything else, that's the only sentence I wanted to read. It say, the truth is, I like to do more than just survive.
My daddy stopped me one day. I was on my way. I think I was too busy being busy, y'all. I think I was too busy being busy, you know? And I walked by his room and he stopped me. He said, son, he looked me dead in my eye. I'm on my way out. I got keys in hand and everything. He said, son, when are you going to stop surviving and live? Man, that, he, he knocked the wind out of me, man. He knocked the wind out of me. You know, and I had to, I had to sit, I had to sit on that one. Like, when I'm gonna stop surviving and live? And I think about all the conversations we had in this group where a lot of people, you know, what I'm saying, they was at a point to where they, well, how, how do I overcome this? And and how do I get myself to get to this next level? And and you know, they're trying to figure out, and you know, what I'm saying, and and and, and we have words of encouragement. We we have. We have all kinds of, of tools. But last week we said it. And this is what we got to stick with. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are, man. If you know who you are, man, the sky is the limit, man. Once you know who you are, once you know where you came from, once you know who your ancestors is, once you know what your job is, anything that you're going to do, it's already done. It's already done on the other side. You got all the tools. You got all the power. You got all the strength. You can't let nothing take that, drain that, or, 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 or draw you somewhere else to where you get lost in the sauce. Or you, or please don't let, please don't let life, don't let earth, don't let none of the elements that is used to get us to where we're supposed to be drain you. That's it, man. Don't let none of the elements that is used to give us life drain you. What, I, what I'm talking about, don't let them feelings drain you, man. What I'm talking about, feelings of doubt, fear, hell, death. Death to do it to you, man. Death to do it to you. Death to knock everything, everything up out your soul, man. But it's got to happen. Come on, man, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. You can't avoid it. If you know things that you can't avoid and you can't avoid it, what you scared of? It's going to happen. So guess what? In the meantime, I got to make this happen. If I got to make this happen, do you know what? Because if I see that I'm on this road, yes, on this road of success, you always going to see unsuccess. It's built that way. You on this road, that means you higher up. You get to see unsuccess. And guess what heart you got? I can't let them just go, because what they don't know at the end of that road is a dropout. And your heart is made out of, 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 of God. Your heart is made out of God. You don't want them to fall in that hole that you know is there. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to take time out, and you're going to get as many of them as you possibly can. But I don't want to get drained. How am I going to get drained? This is what I tell myself. How am I going to get drained if that's... How am I going to get drained and that's my energy? Man, all you got to do is take one word from a... Look, man, I'm a rapper, man. I'm a, I'm a rapper, man. You know what I'm saying? You get the rapping these verses and bars. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, wait a minute. They don't... That don't even fit. You Take some of them words out. Take some of them words out and make more sense. You're trying to do too much. You try to say too much. You try to put too much on this. Take some of that out. 
That's the same way in this life of success, man. Take some of that stuff out. That stuff that you're holding on to is your anchor. That's what's pulling you down. And guess what that stuff you're holding on to? Somebody else gave you that. Come on, man. That stuff you hold on to, somebody gave you that. What am I talking about? I'm talking about some of that stuff they taught you from over here, and they don't even know where they got that from. They weren't listening to God, man. They was listening to themselves, man. Come on, man. They was not listening to God in the first place. They was listening to themselves. So that's why you got this. And then when you found it, when you finally got there, you like, man, that wasn't right in the first place. Oh, I'm the only one that I'm the only one that experienced that. I'm the only one that experienced growing up with some parents or with some grandparents that taught me something. And then when when I got my own con, come on, man, because we call it sense. You ain't alone. D. We call it sense. Don't we call it when well, when I that makes sense. That make a lot of sense. Okay, sense. How about consciousness? We talk a lot about consciousness. We was talking about the matrix. We was talking about a lot about the consciousness. Once you understand your consciousness, once you understand who yourself is, once you line up and get peace with yourself, once you line up and start putting good stuff in your body, then all of a sudden it starts making sense and stuff starts coming to you and stuff starts getting clear. And then you got to start blocking off some of that stuff. You know what? I don't need none of that. I don't need none of that. Because every time I got filled with that, I could never get, I couldn't get past this. Why we can't get past a certain point? Because we have filled ourselves up with some stuff that we didn't even need. But we picked that up along the way. But foremost, just got to go back to that part one more time. Just one more time. One more time for the church. Where was that? 115. That turned me all the way back to another chapter. There we is. God's greatest moment. This is his greatest. Man, God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. That is the moment you realize who you are. <laughs> that is the moment you realize who you are. How many people on this phone call right now, no, seriously, for real talk, how many people know who they are right now? It's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool. Ain't cool with me, but it's cool. Because if I know who I am, I don't care what come my way, I know who I am. Oh man, such and such, I know who I am. I know what I have to do now. Now I ain't got time for this, man. I ain't got time for that right now. His greatest moment. Just picture you, just picture, just picture God having the greatest moment. Okay, now after you finish picturing God having a greatest moment, picture your greatest moment. Matter of fact, I want everybody to think about their last greatest moment. D, what was your last greatest moment? Your greatest moment. My last greatest moment is bringing another God experience into this world. My, my, my uh, greatest moment I have is when I have somebody call me out the blue and tell me thank you for something I said nine years ago. Something I said nine years ago. 
Right, that's the greatest moment. Why is that a greatest moment? Because they work both ways. It's not the fact that I heard something good about myself. No, it's the fact that, do you know where I was at when I heard that? And you know what you just did to me? I got to go do somebody else like that. Maybe nine years from now, I can get a phone call from them. That's my greatest moment. So just imagine God's greatest moment is the <laughs> God's greatest moment is when you know. Oh man, can somebody finish the sentence for me? God's greatest moment is when you know that you're God. How, how else can you come on, man? Come on, y'all. We talking about making God have. A greatest moment, man. God. We ain't talking about your mama. We talking about God. We talking about making him have his greatest moment. You mean to tell me his greatest moment is when I've been... You know what? Yeah, I've been telling you this the whole time. I've been telling you this the whole time. I've been telling you this the whole entire time. I've been... I've... <laughs> Yeah, you 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 remember that? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that over there? Everybody remember? No, while y'all while we sitting on the phone, everybody should be remembering that time when you ain't supposed to be here. Come on, that time when you supposed to be when you supposed to been dead. Come on, when 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 the when the miracle happened and you ain't had nothing to do with it. And all you did was grace. Come on, man. All you had to do was just, all you had to do is, you know what? I got to stop being grace. I got to stop being grace right now. I got to stop it. When you identified it, and after you identified it, you displayed it, that was God's greatest moment. That was his greatest moment. He could sit back. Have a Corona with a lime in it like Snoop Dogg on the commercial. And he can relax on the beach. He's like, my child got it. But sometimes, guess what we do? We go right back. You think God want to do all that work? He everywhere. He everywhere at the same time doing all this wonderful stuff. And all he's saying is, just give me a hand. <laughs> just, just give he asking us to do. He asking us for some help. Oh, we be pulling on him. Come on, man. <laughs> we be pulling on him for. Ooh, I ain't got enough for two piece Tuesday. We be pulling on him for for. <laughs> oh, I, just, I ain't got enough for hot and ready, Lord. Can you just bless me with somebody that wanna? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about for the little smallest stuff, man. For the smallest stuff, pulling on him and pulling on him and just. His greatest moment, his greatest moment is when you put your foot down and say, I am God. I am the image of God. I am the image of God. I am the image of God, the creator of all. Say it, say it, say it to you. No, now stop, 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 stop. Say it to yourself. I am the image of God. I am. Now I'd have had I'd have had a study about three weeks ago, and I said, but well, probably about four. I don't know. 
It could have been two days ago, but I'm going to say it again. If you look in the mirror, you should see who? All right, then. Okay, then. Who needed that today? Let me see a blue hand, a white hand. Wherever it is, an emoji, send me an emoji. If I see your real hand, that's good, because I want to see the lines on your hand, because that may, yeah, cause I read palms, and I can tell that you just got extended some more life. Yeah, got extended some more life. Like, God is pleased with this. Do you honestly, do you know how pleased he is right now? You, you mean to tell me, you, oh, man, it's a group of people on the integrity leadership class. Right now, they're on the phone, and they're getting it. And for the ones who ain't never heard it like this, I picked today for them to hear it like this. This is the day that I picked for such and such to hear it. The way that it's being told right now, however it's being told right now, and however it's being understood, this is the day that I picked it. And this is the day they needed to hear it because this is the day they wanted it because yesterday they asked me for it. I almost threw my phone through the wall. Because somebody asked for it. Hey, God. Hey, man. I've been reading conversations with God, and I see how I see how he was talking to you, and I, you know what? It's time for me to have a conversation with you. It's, it's time for me to say, God, who am I, man? Who, what, what, who am I? What, 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 what can I do? What, what? What is, what is my strong points? What, what, what can I do right now to, to make you happy? What can I do right now to please you right now? What can I do to put me in a better position? What can I do? And he said, know who you are. I need something. I need a sign. Look in the mirror. I need you to talk to me. You're on the phone call. You ain't running. You can't escape. You ain't. You can't run. You can't escape. You got what? What? What needs to be done now? We need to spread this. This needs to be spread in your business, your books, whatever is going on. This needs to spread. You need to tell the people now. You need to tell them now because they're confused. You know what confusion does? You know what confusion does to your mind and your brain? It's stress. And stress tears down your body physically. Then when your body gets towed down physically, you ain't gonna have no drive whatsoever. Then they try to put you on some type of, I don't want to keep going, but I'm just saying. But don't you feel better when you know? Don't you feel better when you know that you're going to get that taken care of? Don't you feel better when you know it's going to get taken care of? Don't you feel better when you're the one that's doing it to get taken care of? Don't you feel better when you are the one that's in control of getting it done and nobody else is getting it done for you because you made a decision to get up and say, I am somebody. I am the creation. I am the creation. I am the image. I am the image. I can give somebody life right now if I decide to with my tongue right now. I can give somebody life or I can kill somebody with my tongue right now. Which one? Which one? I can make sure somebody that couldn't see, I can make sure they can see now because they didn't have no understanding. But right now I'm giving them understanding. And if they don't believe the words that's coming out of my mouth, 
then I can show them something where they can read it for their own self. Or I can put them in a group that's in the same group and all of them marching at the same tone and all of them marching to the same tune and all of them being successful and all of them getting all the things that they, they ask for. Or I can sit over in the sidelines and I can say, oh, I can't stand them over there working on. I can't stand them over there getting it. I can't stand them. I don't even like the way they look. Look at them all happy. You can be that guy. And that's the guy that get normally get hit by the bus. That's the guy that normally runs and crashes into a tree. That guy. Because he asked for it. What you asking for today? You asking for that $10,000? Well, make sure you ask for it like you already got it. Oh, I mean pray. For all the prayers out here, I mean pray. What good is it for you to pray if you don't believe in it? What good is it for you to get down on your knees and try to go through a process and you don't even believe that the light's going to get paid tomorrow and you ain't got a dime? Don't even get on your knees and go through the process. Don't even go through the motions. Don't even go into a closet. Don't even go into a bathroom. Don't even do it, man. You might as well just keep doing what you've been doing. But you go in there and you got down and say, man, I need this here. I need it done today. And I know you're going to do it and leave it alone. And go over there and motivate yourself or go over there and motivate somebody else and watch it get done. And then when you see it get done, you be like, nah, I know what to do because I know who I am. God's greatest moment. It's the moment you realize you need no God. I'm going to say this again because, you know, if you keep repeating stuff, one of my favorite rappers say he say, he say the same thing three times. He say the same thing three times. You ever heard a song and you tell her, I can't stand this song. Let me catch it two weeks later. You know the song word for word. I thought you couldn't stand that song. I thought you couldn't stand that song. Well, I heard it so much. I know it word for word. Well, let me let this stick to you. God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. I'm on mute. Talk to me, people. Talk to me. Talk to me. I want to hear. I want to hear from y'all. Um, so I'm not following that. <laughs> but no, honestly, someone unmute your mic and please voice your voice what you felt or or what came to you while while Reginald was speaking. I think for myself. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. We can hear you. All right, cool. Um, one of the things that I got was, I think, later on in the book, or somewhere in the book, it mentioned something about there's no such thing as obligation. Like, you're not obligated to do anything. And after Reginald, what Reginald was more talking about is, if we're not, because in my mind, I always feel like I'm obligated to do something. You know, when it comes to getting rich, you're, you're obligated to do certain things to be rich and all this other stuff. But it's like, if you get away from that obligation, what's left is creation. Because now, because every obligation that you have is from someone that's some, that got created from someone else. But once I start saying, well, okay, if I am who God is, I'm not obligated to do anything what anybody else said and how they got rich. I get to create whatever that looks like for me. 
even if it is, should include for any reason for me to just sit and do absolutely nothing. If I wanted to do that, I have that opportunity to create that. Because if I am God, I can create anything. And there's no obligation behind it. And that really, and you know, and that also just set me free a little bit. Because it had me realize, like, I don't have to be a certain way. I don't have to look a certain way. Like, I can actually create moment by moment. And if somebody doesn't like that, that's not, you know, that's not for them to create. That's for me. Like, I get to create my experience, not them. So that's what I really got from what he was sharing there. And you can tell a difference from this comment, from the last comment. Because that comment had fire in it. Not to say you don't have fire, but that comment had that, you had that goat juice behind that. You, you hear me, Corey? You had that, yeah, there that, that can't, no, can't, can't nothing stopping me right now. Ain't, ain't, you know what? It, 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 I, yeah, yeah. That's what it sounded like to I me. Mean, it sounded like you're on your way to something right now. And that portal is opened up because you've you seen something. You've seen something. Something that caught your attention. Something that caught your attention. I ain't. I might be talking about something that you're going to find out tomorrow. Um, you must know what I'm talking about today. But something got you going in the right direction. And you keep going in that direction. You hear me, Corey? You keep going in that direction. Because whatever's pulling you, it's a good pull. And when you said you don't feel obligated, you just set yourself free. You understood that? Absolutely. You just set yourself free. You, you, you just, you, you're a free one. Anybody else free? The floor is open. Please share your thoughts with us. All right. I'll go. Grace? Okay, okay. go ahead, Miss Carol, then after Carol, Grace. Yeah, so I, I, I think that um, it's not so much about obligation as it is about making choices. What we choose to be involved in, what we choose to move forward with, because if there's an obligation, there's an expectation on somebody's part, whether you think somebody else has the expectation, so you feel obligated, or whether you feel obligated because you have an expectation of yourself because of what you've been indoctrinated in for so many years. So when you start learning new things, your mind starts opening up and saying, oh, wow, that is a possibility. I didn't even know that I could do that. So I think it's about choices. As we learn, we're able to make better choices for ourselves. All right, thank you very much, Ms. Carol. Ms. Grace? Oh, oh, and then after Grace, Corey. Okay, just want to go back to what Reginald was reading. A true master is not one with the most students, but one who creates the most masters. And he kept going. And then the other part is saying a true teacher is not the one with the most knowledge, but one who causes the most others to have knowledge. A true God is, and a true God is not one with the most servants, but one who serves the most, 
thereby making gods of all others. Both of those things describe Jesus. I don't care what faith you are, what religion you are, everyone knows a little something about Jesus. That true teacher and a true God, yeah. He taught the disciples because he knew he wasn't going to be there always. And he told them, hey, you're going to do greater things than me. Therefore, he was teaching them to be independent and to not need him. So when he does leave, they understand, okay, he was here to teach us that we are God and that we can do greater things than he did while he was here performing miracles. Oh, I can do that too. Because all I got to do, if I am created in the image and the likeness of God, everything came about when he, when they spoke it, let there be, boom, there it is. So, and if y'all realize what we create stuff, when we talk out of nothing comes something, I don't care what you look at. You're looking at a computer right now. Somebody created that out of nothing. They said, you know what? I want to create something to where I can type, type stuff, you know, type stuff and I have to do it on a typewriter. Bam, create a computer with a keyboard. Oh, you know what? I want to be able to interact with people from another country where I don't live. Boom, the internet. Somebody created stuff out of nothing and they spoke it just like the God who created us. So, yeah, all this, all this stuff is true. <laughs> That's all I get. That's all I have. <laughs> all right. Thank you very Okay, Reverend Reginald, go ahead. And then after. Oh, no, I was just going to say Corey. thank you. Uh, no, I was just going to say thank you for her uh, chiming in and, 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 and telling us that. Because, again, I like hearing from, you know why I like hearing from the people on the call? Because when they've been touched or, or, the words have fed them, you can hear the difference in their speaking. And you could tell that they, they got a little more than what they had. They was on a quarter tank of gas, now they're almost on full, you know. And again, that's the greatest, that's one of the that's one of my greatest feelings in the world to know that when you spill out and, and when it overflowed and it touched somebody and somebody got that, oh, I got that, I got that Reggie too. That, yeah, that's, that's what's up. I, I like hearing that in people's voices, period. That's all I want to say. That's it. I'll go back in my corner. Joy! <laughs> in the evening time. Ha. Ain't no obligation. Ha. You ain't got to do it. Ha. But you better. <laughs> you better. <laughs> you ain't got no choice. Ha. But you're going to hear my voice. That's all. I'm sorry. I just had to get this. It was in me. I, it was in me. I done heard Carol. Carol done got me started. It's like the little soft voice and got me. I, look at my face. You see my face? Yes. It's a beautiful day out there. I bring out the saintliness in you. That's why, see? Yes. Bring it out of there. You're lucky I can't sing R&B right now. Cause I'll show you hit a note. Yeah, they'll put me out of my apartment, but hey, at least I try. All right. All right, Reverend Reginald. Mr. Corey, the floor is yours. 
I think um, I was just going to comment on what Carol mentioned, because that, that was very, very important about choice. And I think um, what I got was like choice and obligation was realizing and also knowing who you are. So it's like, it all seems like it's connected when it comes to what Reginald is saying. Like, if you don't know who you are, you won't really be able to know the choices, the right or wrong choices or the best choice, because it's like the best choice is really the choice that aligns with who you are. And the only way you would really be able to know the best choice to align with who you are is by actually getting to know you and getting to know, you know, yourself, your true self and almost going inwards instead of trying to look for yourself outside in something else, whatever that is. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Corey. Thank you very much for sharing as well. Who else has something that is, does anyone else have anything that they would like to share? If not, Reverend Reginald? All right. So who else has read something that stood out to them in conversations with God, chapter seven, eight, and nine? Anyone? All right. So there's, uh, it's on page, it's on page 123. It actually starts on page 122 where um, God is talking about relationships. And they, there's so much, so I'm just going to pick, I'm just going to like pick pieces out. Um, The first part I want to pick out that they that he says is the purpose of a relationship is to, to decide what part of yourself you'd like to see show up, not what part of another you can capture and hold. And then that was on page 122, right? <laughs> and then he, then he says there can only be one purpose for relationships and for all of life to be and to decide who you really are. It is very romantic to say that you are you were nothing until the special other came along, but it is not true. Worse, it puts an incredible pressure on the other to be all sorts of things he or she is not. Then when you go to the other page, you go down to one, two, it's the third paragraph. And it's the second sentence. Yet the purpose of, re of relationship is not to have an is not to have another who might complete you but to have another with whom you might share your complete, your complete mess. So I would like to open that up to everyone and get your thoughts on what that means to you and, well, yeah, to get your thoughts on what that means to you and to get your thoughts on, that, on those particular passages. So the floor is open. The floor is open. All right, I guess I'll start it off. Well, the whole relationship section, 
you know how people say my better half or my other half <laughs> how they gonna be your other half are you only half of a person no you're a whole person and just in this sense uh, because normally you say well half and a half is a whole yeah but you're one whole person and you are a complete person and your significant other is another complete person that's why it says when you join together you become one because one plus one is one but you are two different people in this case okay i know i understand math but <laughs> i understand in this sense you come together at one that that whole one thing is because you know we, we talk about it all the time everybody's connected and there's only one of us in the room so that's really when it where you know where it stems from but also yeah uh not to decide what part of yourself you like to see show up not what part of another you can capture and hold because that's that's what we do when, you know when we do get in relationships we say oh man i love i love how he does this and i love how he does that well what if he stopped doing that then what's gonna happen man i don't he don't do that for me no more and it's like vice versa oh i like how she does this and that. well you're trying to capture and hold but you never think we never think about what can I bring to the table to this relationship? And the book is saying with, with your relationship, think about yourself and not the other person and not in the, in the sense of what I can get out of this relationship, what I can give to the relationship. And if you continue to think like that about yourself of what I can give to the relationship and both of you think like that, then it's, you have no choice, but it sounds like you're gonna end up spoiling each other. Now, I don't know none of this from experience, but, but reading this, I just put two and two together and <laughs> say, okay, I, I, I got you. I got you. Now it's not saying, you know, it's not saying he or she is not going, they're not going to get on, y'all not going to get on one another's nerves. It, that's, it just happens. That happens. Okay. We're human. It, people are people are people. But from what I'm, from what I understand, that's, that's what I take from it. Uh, with, with the, getting in a relationship, you have to, you know, you focus on what you can give and what you can bring. And, and not what the other person can it can give to you and bring to you. So. Thank you very much, Grace. Thank you very much. To add on to what you just said, and then to me, that, that particular area falls into line with what Reginald was saying earlier. You have to know who you are. You have to go into your relationship complete. And in what Grace was saying, when you go into your, your relationship complete, you're going into your relationship saying, hey, this is what I can offer. This is who I am and this is what I would like to offer. But if you go into your relationship half of a person, you're looking for, you're looking for things in that other person to make you whole when, and all you're going to do is end up breaking down that other person. Because like, like Reggie said, you know, that 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 i can't have that on me like that is a i'm trying to remember how he phrased it because it was a certain phrase that he said when he was talking about how can it be too much how can that person be too much or how can that person take from you yeah he did he said a lot when you go <laughs> when you but to me, that whole thing, that particular section is basically letting you know, if you listen to what I told you from when I first started this book up until now, you will understand that 
if you are not in a relationship as a complete person, if you did not go into the re- this relationship knowing who you are, you're in a you're in a relationship that you need to start with start with what can I give? Like what can I put into this instead of what can I take out of it? Start looking into what can I give to this person instead of what can I take from this person to make me whole? Because if you if you go in if you go into any relationship incomplete, you're not going to be able to give, if that makes sense. So that's what I got. That's what I got out of this group. Well, the bits and pieces I got out of this particular passage. So who else would like to add on what they got out of it? I got something from that passage too. Okay. Um, Corey, and then after Corey, Ms. Karen. What I got from it too was um, it kind of, because what I got saved my marriage a lot in the beginning. Because I think there was a lot of things in our relationship where I complained about my wife. Like, oh, she wasn't doing this, or she wasn't doing that, and all these other different things, or she wasn't being a certain way. And um, the way that it shifted for me was when I realized, like, if I constantly put it on her, then I don't really get to see how I need to grow in the relationship. And probably there's something in there where I'm not seeing something that if I was to see it, that issue would be resolved. And it's just like, all I had to do was shift me and my experience of it. And the minute my experience got shifted, because I saw something in how she was being, and I was just like, okay, then it's probably not her because she was just being whoever she was being. So it was a, there was something in me that was really being messed with that if I was to really see for myself, it would be an opportunity for growth instead of an opportunity to complain. And that really helped me when it came to growing and developing. So when I see adversity in general in any relationship, it's not necessarily a way to say, hey, I need to run away from this, but it may be like, okay, what is God trying to tell me about this? What is the thing, what is God trying to tell me about me that I can't be in this situation? You know, and what, what would I need to shift in me to be able to really be present in the moment of what's really happening right now? And um, so that's what that little piece of passage really got from me is not realizing that kind of taking back that responsibility and that ability to create what's going to happen in that moment. So it's like the more I complain about something, the more I speak about, hey, this is not working or whatever it is, the, if I complain about it, what's there is complaint and not creation. So if I let go of the complaint, what's there is creation and that's where my growth comes in. And now it's like the experience of my wife actually shifts because of what how I created her so it's like when I was creating her as someone who was whatever it was then that's how she showed up but now I get to create her as okay you know what she was just being loving in that moment now I get to see it as loving through a creation of loving so that's what I really got you said a lot sir 
that was wow I even learned from what you said <laughs> so thank you thank you very much for sharing thank you Miss Carol the floor is yours I, I love what he just said because that was that was just like super gross super gross right there um, when we can look at another person that's reflecting who we are they reflect us so when we're annoyed at someone there's something in us that's either missing or that we see in that person because everybody reflects the other person their being how they are and when we're in a relationship and we start the new relationship and we're not whole we're coming in with expectations that you're expecting that person to give you this. And in the beginning, they do it because they're so happy to be with you. And you do it because you're so happy to be with them. But when it settles and you're being yourself, who you are being, everything shifts because they're not getting whatever it is that was filling them because they have that emptiness inside themselves nothing to do with you that's why there's something called codependency and that's why people will kill themselves and all because the other person left them and all i can't live without that person it's that's not about love that's about codependency they gave them something to make them feel whole so when you work on yourself becoming whole and you meet another whole person then what you guys do together Everybody's giving in, in the relationship, but you're also creating together because you both come in as full whole people and then you can create something new and fantastic. When you're not full and you know it and you're in a relationship, you just have to realize those empty pieces, when something comes up, what part do I take in that? What is it that I need to fill? What is it that I need to 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 make whole inside myself because it's always a lesson everybody even when you get mad at somebody you get angry because they did something right and you're like why why did this person do that you know why not this and why not that then you got to look at the whole situation and say you know that they're being who they are stop having expectations and if you really want to get it done then you do it yourself or ask ask to get it done yourself to make sure that it's done you know, so it, it's relationships are, are, are not easy, but they can be if people come in whole, <laughs> you know, other than that, it's, it's work. And if the other person knows I got work to do and you got work to do, then when things come up, conversations come up and you talk about it and you learn from each other. So you learn and you grow with each other. And if you can't at that moment, cause you want to just beat them to a pulp, you really have to look at that situation, just step away from it. Otherwise you'll be fighting, you know, like cats and dogs. I, I, there's a lot of people today because of COVID that are being abused. Their, their, their children are being abused because that little separate time that they had when the kids were at school or the other person was at work helped that relationship to work because they didn't have to spend all that time together. But today, because people are spending a lot more time, there's a lot more suicides that are going on there's a lot more family abuse that's going on there's kids that are suffering we don't even know about that's being abused in the house but they're stuck in the house so they can't do anything about it so i'm just saying growth is is 
it's happening every moment and there's growth in this and the lessons that we're learning from conversations with God right now that, you know, it's just bring us to another level, just help, help our minds expand and think a little bit more about what part do I take in all the things that are happening? You know? Wow. Thank you very much, Ms. Carol. Thank you for sharing as well. Reverend Reginald? Is there anything that you would like to say? I'm, I'm all out. I don't even have breath left. <laughs> so is there any, is there anything else in chapter seven through nine or any, any from chapters one through nine that, it, that anyone else has read that has stood out to them that we have not talked about yet or even brought to light? Or something that you took away from the book, from chapters one through nine, again, that we have not brought to light yet. All right. Feels on. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, if if there if there isn't anything that anyone else would like to bring a comment on or bring up Reverend Reginald do you have any final words for us this evening uh, just know who you are all right just know who you are uh, unless you want me to read my sentence I can read my sentence again <laughs> Whatever you choose yeah. to do, Reverend Reginald. <laughs> God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. They said they couldn't hear me. God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. They didn't hear me. I got to say it in a different voice. God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. You got to say the last word like that. One more time. Uno mas. God's greatest moment is the moment you realize you need no God. Ah. That's how the author wanted us to read it, too. That's how the author wanted us to read it. I That's how he wanted us to read it too. Facial expression and all. I receive. <laughs> okay. I just ask that as you read this book, ladies and gentlemen, please take heed to what it is saying. It will change your life, your perception, your mindset, how you think about stuff, how you see things. It may save a marriage. It may save it may save your life. You never know. So read the book and don't. One of the biggest things that we have to learn is to always have an open mind. We're taught to have a closed mind, only close to the things that we are taught, only closed to the things of our homes, the things that our parents teach us or our elders teach us. But if we have an open mind and we're open to learn and we're open to experience, we are open to live. We're open to actually being the experience that God desired when he created us in his image and came down to experience life through us. We are God. 
And if we are God, we should be creating like the gods that we are. Period. And if we are not creating, then we are not being God. I thank each and every one of you for joining us this evening. We will see you next Thursday for the final chapters of Conversations with God, book one. And then after that, we will be starting Conversations with God, book two. So ladies and gentlemen, you can plant better, you can dominate. We'll see you next week.